0: hello creatures of the night surprise it's our first appeal episode here on scream scene the horror movie podcast where we watch every horror movie ever made in chronological order and then we rank them from best to worst my name's sarah and i'm ben and part of that ranking process means that we are open to appeals from listeners. You can go to our website, screamscenepodcast.tumblr.com, and submit appeals through our ask box, or you can email us directly at screamscenepodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com, or talk to us on Twitter at underscore screamscene, but if you really want to give a level of detail, probably Gmail or Tumblr is the best bet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we got an appeal. Ben, do you want to... Tell us what it was.
1: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. What's kind of interesting, this is our first appeal episode. Yeah. And so I wanna talk a little bit about how I think these'll be kind of structured or how I feel like these should go or what I think like the rules for appeals should be in a bit more detail now that we've like got one.
0: Okay. Um For the record, I am happy any time for someone to submit an appeal for a recent or past episode. Mm-hmm any of the rankings have at her.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because technically, this is the second appeal we've gotten, but it's the first time we're doing an episode uh, that is a special appeal episode. That's right. And um, the first appeal we got uh, was to basically kick Sweeney Todd off the list. Oh, yeah. Which we eventually did. Um, And basically, we told uh, the appealer, in that case, That our opinion of Sweeney Todd would depend on how we felt about Face at the Window. Mm -hmm. When we decided Face at the Window wasn't horror, we decided to get rid of Sweeney Todd at that time. So we didn't do a full episode on that because it wasn't like... It was
0: so heavily tied to the watching of Face in the Window that that appeal basically got lumped into there. Yeah,
1: exactly. In this case, this is, I think, more in line with what I feel like, you know, the appeals going forward might look like. It's uh, about a specific film. The appeal gives, like, a rationale for why its ranking should be reconsidered and suggests, like, here's where it maybe should be. So it gives us some things to look at. If we get appeals, uh, we want to have your rationale for why you think we should change the ranking, not just, like, um, Dracula should be number 100 because it blows. (laughs) Or This ranking's bad and you should feel bad. So, getting to the appeal in question. Uh, So this comes to us from H. Berg... T-W-D-S on Tumblr, who is actually the person who appealed Sweeney Todd earlier. Oh, that's uh, neat. Um, oh yeah, I
0: remember I was trying to, trying to say that.
1: Uh, so, long time <laughs> listener, second time appealer, thank you so much for uh, sending in this appeal and engaging with the show. Uh, so, I'll just, I'll just read it out for us, okay? Cool. I'll appeal your ranking of freaks, and it's odd placement on the list at the moment. Number 27. I haven't seen any of the films in between them, but I have seen the 1941 Jekyll and Hyde at number 22. Freaks is a better horror movie by far. It does a much better job of building tension over the course of the movie for its horrific ending, and nothing in it is undercut by the truly terrible casting choice like Tracy as Jekyll slash Hyde. Freaks is the better horror movie. I think if you consider Legacy, Freaks wins hands down, as it has influenced modern culture considerably more than the 41 Jekyll. The Ramones wrote a pretty killer song about it, and the whole One of Us chant is referenced and parodied all the time. All the 41 Jekyll and Hyde did is solidify the mispronunciation of the main character's name. So, some interesting points to address there. So what we're looking at today is freaks. Mm -hmm.
0: So I guess um, maybe when we're ranking we should like, search if the Ramones have made a song about it, and then that really impacting (laughs) where we
1: rank a horror movie. Well, I think think it's an interesting point to bring up that because, like, the way our show is structured, with it being chronological, Mm -hmm. we are often ranking the horror movies in... A little um, bit of a bubble. Well, yeah, in a linear fashion of, like, ranking them against what has come out and how the genre has developed up to that point. We don't often consider the legacy of the movies and, you know, what came out of them afterwards as part of how we rank them. Um, occasionally we do talk about a film's iconic value. Yeah. Some, some films have made it higher or lower on the list due to their iconic value. And certainly Freaks has that. So Freaks is currently sitting on the list at number 27, and I want to just bring up that there are currently 92 movies on the list. Dang. Um, just to give you an idea of like what 27 looks like, right? It's 27 out of 92. Uh, so it's still pretty high up. Mm -hmm. Um, we talked about Freaks in episode 29 originally. And when we
0: originally ranked it, it was number 10. That's right. So still pretty good, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Some stuff has certainly come in above it. Now, one of the reasons why I was, um, actually pretty, um, on board with this appeal, uh, in terms of at least wanting to take a look at it, is this is a section of the list that's a little... Hairy. A little mushy, in my opinion. Yeah, there's some stuff where, like, every time we go to rank things, we look at this part of the list and go, like, wait, what? How did this get this way? Like, (laughs) we always run into this problem of, like, you know, this movie's probably better than this, but it's not as good as Freaks, and Freaks is below that, so I guess it's going lower, or, like... Things like that. So I I think that maybe cleaning up this section has maybe some merit. Now, the appealing question talks about Freaks versus Jekyll and Hyde. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically that Freaks has a better legacy, that it has a more powerful ending, and it doesn't have bad casting like Spencer Tracy.
0: Mm -hmm. So moving it five points up, basically. Um, So at 22, we have Jekyll and Hyde. 23 is The Devil Commands. 24, The Men They Could Not Hang. 25 the Ghoul, 26 is the 1926, <laughs> that's funny numbering, uh, the 1926 steamed of Prague, and then Freaks
1: at 27. So to give some recap of sort of what our thinking behind ranking Freaks was and sort of still is, like why we rank certain films above it uh, a lot, it's mostly because Freaks isn't horror for a long part of its running time. Yeah. Um, It's sort of a day-in-the-life movie about these performers at this circus. There's a lot of sort of picturesque stuff that just shows you their average day-to-day lives. There's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of relationship stuff. At a certain point, it starts to develop into this kind of, like, love triangle, abusive relationship, like, crime scam sort of plot. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really start to edge into horror until you get to the dinner scene. And even then, like, that scene's really intense and kind of disturbing, but then it's really, like, the ending where uh, they all turn against what's-her-face. The ballerina chick? She's not a ballerina. It's a circus. Um, oh,
0: well, you know what I mean.
1: No. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think she's the, like, what Dick Grayson's parents were
0: acrobats
1: <laughs> there we go um
0: uh i i yes we we've talked a lot about how it doesn't become horror until really the end and that's really where the iconic impact yeah of the movie comes in um i i will just throw out two things here mm-hmm. one it has a framing narrative where we're being taken through some circus acts and it's like whoa what happened to her well here's the story yes Um, And then two, Freaks was, like, banned Mm -hmm. when it first came out and didn't really come back into the pop culture until, like, it was, like, the 60s or something, right? Yeah. So maybe that's also why it's had a bit of a... more of an impact than perhaps Jekyll and Hyde because it came in during this counterculture movement and a movie that's about the outcasts of society... Um, that was banned and is now being reassessed and welcomed. That's right in the counterculture's whole main thing.
1: Yeah, I think that's an argument that can go both ways. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you can talk about, you know, the legacy this film had and how, you know, it was banned. So that, like, it's a... Like, that's such a legendary thing to happen to a horror movie. It's like, oh, this was banned. And, um, you know, also you know, oh, the counterculture and, you know, it was adopted by these outcasts and, like, it has such a meaning to, like, this certain, you know, movement of people and and so on and who really gives a shit about Jekyll and Hyde. The flip side of that same argument is horror movies that get banned doesn't always mean that it's a good movie or even a good horror movie. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what was, um, I think it was the Mad Monster we talked about got banned just because, like, the British didn't like that it had like, Injections of Animal Blood or something like that. And, like, that's not a good movie. And it's not, like, a super disturbing horror movie. No. Like, you know, it's funny because I think you talk about the legacy Freaks has. Part of being banned also tends to give a movie a lot of, um, like, word of mouth, a lot of cachet. It becomes legendary, right? Uh, To a point where it might not even live up to that expectation Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, But everybody knows about it. It's like... London after midnight. Yeah, right. Where that's a lost film, so everyone has this picture in their mind of like, oh, how amazing it would be if we could find it. And like, if, if we you ever look at the plot synopsis, like and it's of bad. Like, the
0: movie and it's... like the horror movies of the time, it, it would be
1: really bad. Yeah, it's probably real bad. Yeah, like, it's probably not a good movie. And I think so. You know, to say that Freaks has a legacy, yes, but is that legacy deserved? Um, You know, you also talk about how it matters to the counterculture. One of the things about the counterculture mentality can be adopting things and putting things up on a pedestal specifically because they aren't what the mainstream accepts. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times the reason the mainstream accepts something is because it's good And you get this, like, contrarianism in counterculture where it's like, oh, well, I really prefer this band and you should listen to them and then you listen to it and it's a bunch of, like, screeching, wailing noise and it's like, yeah, see, music can be anything. And it's like, yes, but I don't necessarily want to listen to that. You know what I mean? So the question becomes, like, does that legacy actually mean that Freaks is good or is that legacy unearned? You know, and yes, Spencer Tracy's miscast in Jekyll and Hyde. We talked about that in our ranking. There's a reason why the 1931 Jekyll and Hyde is number one on the list and the Spencer Tracy version is number 22, you know? Yeah. But I mean it's not like Freaks is a casting masterpiece. Like the, act, the performers in Freaks are cast because they are who they are. They're essentially all playing themselves. The few professional actors in the cast you know, they're fine. Uh, They're not terrible, but they're also, like, I don't know if they really stand out either. So I don't don't know if, like, comparing it to Jekyll and Hyde based on just, like, oh, you know, casting problems, right?
0: This isn't so much how they compare in terms of horror movies, but I think there is something to be said about how Freaks was able to preserve, in a way, these performances Mm, from people, who otherwise it would have been, like, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, these would have, like, been f- lost to time due to the nature of, like, you having to physically be at a sideshow.
1: Mm-hmm. We talked about in the episode, too, the way that it, it won some of these performers... Um, a lot of acclaim. Like, longer fandom, yeah. right, than they might they might have otherwise had. You know, people knew who these people were for a greater period of time afterwards. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then on the other hand, you can't deny that Jekyll and Hyde is you know, objectively speaking, um, a better made movie in terms of, like, its technical merits. Mm -hmm. Freaks is a little rough and a little uneven. Uh, Now, part of the unevenness of Freaks is that we're not seeing the full version, right? We're seeing uh, a censored, edited-down version that came later.
0: Freaks is also 32, and Jekyll and Hyde is 41. Like, a lot of changes in the ability of film to do things, of the sound quality, Mm -hmm. but also just, like changing techniques what's in like favor as like proper techniques Mm -hmm. have changed over those nine years
1: yeah absolutely i mean browning was still pretty new to sound film by that you know in that time uh certainly like a version of freaks recorded with better microphones would be a much easier viewing experience part of sometimes the difficulty of freaks is just understanding what people are saying yeah yeah I'm just saying that the film has its weaknesses, right, mm-hmm. that even though there are these scenes in it that people remember forever, the flip side of that coin is there are weak scenes that you've forgotten and then you watch the movie again and you're like, oh right, there's a half hour of this I have to get through. So we're comparing it with Jekyll and Hyde because that was what was compared to it in The Appeal, but as you pointed out earlier, there's quite a few movies in between, so if this yeah. is going to go above Jekyll and Hyde, it's also got to go above all these other movies. Uh, like, there's the 26 Student of Prague right above that.
0: I mean, here's where I'm at. So I think I would be fine with moving Freaks up. I don't know how it compares versus Jekyll and Hyde. So if it were to move up, I would put it below the 41 Jekyll and Hyde. You like the 26 Student of Prague more than I did. Mm. I kind of was like, all right, cool, but I didn't wow me in the same way that I think it wowed you. Um, I remember when we were ranking Freaks I felt like it should go above Student of Prague but we had already compromised on some other things so um, we went with it going below. As far as the Ghoul definitely should go above Yeah
1: that's the thing. The The, the Ghoul is really like (laughs) the sore spot here. Well the thing is, is I don't know if I think Freaks is better than the 26th Student of Prague but once, if we if we were to concede that it is, I'm not saying we are. I'm just saying if, then like it easily goes above the ghoul, the man they could not hang, and the devil commands. Yeah. Um. You know, if it does go above the forty one Jekyll and Hyde, uh, like has been suggested by the appealer, then I think it probably goes above Man Who Changed His Mind, and then I'd probably stop at Vampire and say no. Hmm. Um. You know, so there's some some interesting little weird pockets here.
0: Well, then let's talk about the 26th student of Prague.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because I think that's that's a sticking point for me is, like, the thing about the 26th student of Prague that I think wowed me was a lot of the effects work mm-hmm. was extremely impressive. You know, uh, not just for the time, but even for, like, now. Like, there's stuff that just is very visually effective. Um, Conrad Veit gives the best of the three Baldwins, that we've seen, you know, in terms of his performance. He, like all the rest, is still too old. But Conrad Veidt communicates like fear and horror as like an actor so much better than so many other actors. Yeah. Um, and other performances by Veidt have kind of been kicked down the list over time, like Orlax like Honda, uh, for instance. And, yeah, just the ending of that 26th version of Student of Prague is, like, so harrowing. You know, where he's getting chased by the carriage and, and all this kind of stuff. And the, the scene where um, his double, like, kills the woman in the room and stuff. Like, it was just a very harrowing film. And the thing that I kind of keep coming back to with Freaks is the way that it doesn't feel coherent as, like, a narrative to me sometimes. And I mean, I fully recognize that that's because it's not. Like, it was all chopped up and stuff, and they changed the ending, like, three times, and, like, you know. Yeah. um, But earlier you were talking about how Freaks has that framing narrative. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I will concede that that's a very good point, because it means that, you know, like a Tales from the Crypt story, at least being told, like, hey, this is going to go somewhere you know, at the start of the show so that even when the movie's kind of meandering and going into like, hey, here's the conjoined twins and they're like complicated domestic relationship with like their husbands or whatever. And you're like, what? You know, it's going somewhere. And I guess that means that, you know, the thing I keep saying where it's like, it's not a horror movie to the end. It's like, well, no, it's a horror movie from the start. It just has to get there. Yeah. What's your take on that student of Prague, Sarah?
0: From what I remember, I I think I wasn't as impressed by it overall as I was the first student of Prague. Um, Because, I I mean, I really liked the Paul Wagner student of Prague. Hmm. Um, I agree that Veit is better than Wagner in the role, and um, the special effects were impressive. But for the most part, like it just kind of felt like a bit of a... He was just trying to do the same thing, but better.
1: Like I mean the... that's a remake, right?
0: Sure, fair. But um, the like the guy who plays Satan, I forget yeah, the character's not, name.
1: He's not uh Scapinelli. Scapinelli.
0: It was like Spingali. That's not right. No.
1: But you're right. The um, the actor there is the other guy from Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Like it's Caligari from that film. I forget the actor's name though. But I do agree with you that John Gatoet in the original was better. We liked yeah. Scapinelli more in the original. We liked Baldwin Moore in the remake
0: yeah, and i I think I was disappointed by how little German expressionism was in it. Um, we had moments of it like when we see Scapinelli's shadow going up and making the note fall mm-hmm. for the flower girl to pick up, but overall it felt too um
1: conventional in terms of its like style i i I very much disagree. I think that the twenty sixth student of Prague fit completely in the evolution of expressionism that we were identifying, where it was moving you know more and more into a realistic sphere and farther and farther away from like painted light on backdrops um, and it's far more expressionist than the nineteen thirteen version and the other thing about it is I think it ramps up its expressionism over the running time. you mm-hmm. know just thinking of how darkly swathed in shadows everything by the end of the movie is.
0: I would agree with that. Now, we keep kind of going to the ending, the climax, I guess, of <laughs> Student of Prague, as well as with Freaks. Yeah. So let's compare those two things. Okay. So with Student of Prague, you're really right there with Baldwin being chased down by, like, himself. Many, yeah, many, many himself, you know? Yeah. Um... In Freaks, it's like kind of getting to relish in the punishment of someone who really deserves it, but also kind of being horrified by how far people are going.
1: I think there's, there's an interesting similarity there because they're both about someone kind of being surrounded and being harrowed and being you know, chased in a way yeah. and with nowhere to turn. We talked in the original Freaks episode that it was one of the first times we saw sort of the version of horror where the victim was the bad guy mm-hmm. this this idea of you know the the kind of ironic punishment horror um instead of the victim being the innocent and the you know uh source of horror being the monster right like the yeah, the, yeah. the horror source in freaks are you know people who are in the right basically are committing the horror um and that's like was a big shift for the genre
0: Yeah, so there's a legacy there, too.
1: For sure. Now, the flip side is, um, and, and, you know, it's been a long time, so hopefully the two of us together can, like...
0: Piece it together?
1: Piece it together. But one of the things I know changed over, like, the various versions of Student of Prague we saw was, like, the characterization of Baldwin and what his, like, motivations and his whole deal were um, sort of changed over time, And I remember, like, one of the things we kind of struggled with a lot was, like, does Baldwin deserve the ending he gets? Mm -hmm. And certain versions made him, like, more sympathetic and certain versions made him less sympathetic. So he was, in the 26 version, like, a gambler a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. he would, like, get into duels with people and bet money and stuff. And he was, like, rapidly running out of money. He, like, does a duel to defend Ladushka so she falls in love with him. But then he kind of, like, ignores that. uh, Ignores her. Scapinelli is the one who, like, makes sure that Baldwin meets the, like, Margaret, the richer woman. Yeah. Like, he arranges them getting together. And so that ends him paying attention to Ladushka, which, like, then ends up sort of sealing his fate later, basically. So he's kind of of selfish, and he's kind of um, self-absorbed, and he doesn't really, like pay attention or see, you know, other people, right? Like, it's all about uh, him. And uh, so I think, you know, that comes to the whole idea of, like, the doppelganger and stuff. Because the other thing we talked about in all three versions is, like, what the doppelganger represented was different. <laughs> like, in Wegner's, it seemed to be, like, literally his soul. But in, like, um, the Vite version, it's more of, like, his evil opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and almost sort of like these...
0: uh, a metaphorical personifying the aspect of being double-faced.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 So there was there were some key differences there. Oh man, this is this is tough, Sarah. I really liked that version of Student of Prague, but I mean, certainly, I think the I think the morality in Freaks is clearer.
0: Yeah, what do you think about the fact that Freaks isn't supernatural coming, like, a supernatural horrific ending for someone, you know? Like, the just deserves, the punishment is coming at the hands of real people rather than,
1: you know, you got, you got goofed on by the devil. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, it was more in line for American films to not have supernatural, right? Like, to not be supernatural was kind of the norm, in United States films. Mm -hmm. Uh, the thing that makes freaks stand out is just the degree of what happens. Like this woman isn't just murdered. She's like deformed into
0: like a duck,
1: a duck woman like that. It's, it's some wild, crazy shit. Yeah. Right. It's something where it's like, how much credit do you give a movie based on the strength of, you know, to use a comic book term, like the last page reveal. Sure. Right, like,
0: especially for horror, you know, I think horror would rely on that a lot more than I don't know comedy, drama.
1: Right. I I don't know, man. This is really tough for me. I'm totally okay with putting Freaks like a lot higher. I just get stuck on Student of Prague.
0: I I don't know how to help you figure that out because for me Freaks is better than this Student of
1: Prague. Okay. Um, so if it's a better than that student of Prague, like we're pretty sold on like it's better than the ghoul, it's better than the man they could not hang, it's better than the devil commands. Yes. So that brings us right back to: Is it better than Jekyll and Hyde? Mm-hmm. What's your gut feeling on that?
0: It's tough because the horror genre has changed so much in these nine years. Mm-hmm. It's no longer about like trying to balance with comedy even. Like, we get some films in 41 that are like that, but Jekyll and Hyde isn't quite trying to do that.
1: No,
0: Um, It does, as we discussed in that episode, miss the point of a Jekyll and Hyde film by trying to sanitize it, but I think it still works as horror. And yes, we've talked about how casting Spencer Tracy was not the best choice, but... Spencer Tracy does a heck he's of a job. He's still Spencer
1: Tracy. Yeah, it's it's like you shouldn't have cast him in this role, but like he's still real good. Yeah. Um, the other thing about Jekyll and Hyde versus Freaks is one of them's having to do what it does under the auspices of the code.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: So, like, you know, do you give Jekyll and Hyde a handicap because of that, right? <laughs> and then the other thing to think about is. Which one dealt with the censorship better? Because that was like our big thing with Jekyll and I. I was talking that it kind of failed because it avoided, you know, the sex of the original but didn't come up with anything good to replace it as being the theme of the movie, which leaves that movie feeling a bit empty. The flip side on Freaks is it dealt with a lot of the censorship just by like cutting the movie into pieces. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, now, do you think that just a side note, do you think that's because they were dealing with um, censorship during the writing process rather than post-filming?
1: Yeah, I I think the advantage that Jekyll and Hyde had was that the code meant that you kind of knew what the rules were going in. You know, we talked about how before the code, censorship was kind of this like Shadowy thing where it was like, yeah, we're not going to tell you what the rules are because we make more money based on the like how much we tell you to cut, mm-hmm. right? We talked about that. So you know, it's hard to know in that era, you know, what's going to get you in trouble. Flip side, like Todd Browning should have known this shit was going to get him in trouble.
0: But weren't people also just like turned off by the fact of seeing yes. these people?
1: Yeah, a, um, a big part of Freaks is poor reaction was just nobody wanted to see these people on screen like people were like disgusted at like just seeing the performers
0: yeah so I don't know I just wanted to make sure that that was said because that's not really there's a couple of things with that because it's not like oh this was banned because it was a horror movie like yes it, it, it's horror is it pretty graphic in the in the climax but it was also banned because people were ableist and grossed out by seeing these performers on screen
1: yeah and the other question you have to address with freaks is how much of its legacy is that like like to this day how much of the i don't want to say appeal i'll say mystique of freaks comes from like oh yeah like you're gonna see all these messed up people in it like doing stuff right? Yeah, like, I guess
0: that's the double-edged sort of, like, cool, they preserved the performances and the
1: acts, but... The core appeal of those acts is come and gawk at these people, Yeah. right? Like, we talked know,
0: about that in the episode, I think.
1: Exactly, like, yes, it's cool to see some of these people do the things that they do, but, like, you know... Shouldn't really gawk at people who don't have hands or something. Right, exactly, like, you know, and that's still kind of part of what makes freaks like this um this like oh this taboo thing like have you seen freaks like it's such a crazy intense movie and it's like well if you replaced everyone in freaks with a like typically bodied person Mm -hmm. right um and just made all the characters like You know, they're circus performers, but they aren't sideshow performers, right? They're all, like, strongmen and tumblers and clowns and shit. (laughs) And had the same plot where, like, one of them comes into a fortune, so another one, like, fake marries them to get the fortune. And then at the end, they all team up to kill the gold digger. Would that be the same thing? You know, how much of Freaks is right, but, like look at these weirdos Mm -hmm. you know like that's a problem the movie itself grapples with because browning clearly has a lot of sympathy and
0: respect
1: and respect for the cast but at the same time he kind of knows that like the audience's uncomfortable reaction to seeing them on screen is part of what's like lending his film its power yeah right so yeah freaks's appeal has a lot of it's tenuous. Double-edged sword elements, for sure. We're talking in circles here, dear.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, man. I think you you didn't really decide about whether Freaks goes above the 2016 of Prague. I think I'm going to come back to my original point, my original stance, um, even after this discussion of putting Freaks below Jekyll and Hyde, but above the Devil Commands. Still below Jekyll and Hyde because, I think because as a whole movie, like, sure, in adapting Jekyll and Hyde, it doesn't do that great of a job because of getting rid of the sex. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a horror movie from beginning to end throughout the entire thing. There's no sidesteps into comedy, day in the life, like, it's moody, it has atmosphere, it has
1: weird-ass dream sequences... (laughs) I think the thing we talked about, too, in that episode um, on the remake of Jekyll and Hyde, uh, which is episode 87, mm-hmm. is that if you never saw the 1931 version of Jekyll and Hyde, the 41 version is fine. Yes. Like, it, it really it's suffering by comparison.
0: Which is probably why MGM tried to burn all of the 31 <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde's.
1: Yeah. So, you know, and it's so it's it's a more complete coherent cohesive movie. Um, it's just not as good as the 31 version which is even more coherent. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think I'm kind of with you. Uh, I'm happy to move Freaks up that high and kind of no higher. Uh, what I almost wish I could do is move Student of Prague with it, like just that, those two, but I don't think that's really fair. I think if we're going to get appeals, the appeal has to be for, like, one movie, and that's the movie that gets moved or not. You know, we can't be reshuffling the whole list every time the fancy suits us. So I'm going to agree to move Freaks to that spot, um, below Jekyll and Hyde, above the Devil Commands. Uh, But I will also just slyly say that if someone wanted to appeal (laughs) Student of Prague to be higher than uh, Freaks because of reasons, I would accept such an appeal. But I I, I do think it's not better than Jekyll and Hyde, even if it's had more legacy. Mm -hmm. But it it should probably definitely go above these, like, Columbia, Karloff, Mad Scientist, rip-off Rebecca B movies, you know? Correct. Okay. So, moving up the list to number 23 is Freaks, from 1932 by Todd Browning which means the 1926 student of Prague is now the new number 27. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Um, if you would like to listen to these episodes, Freaks is episode 29 and the 1941 Jekyll and Hyde is episode 87. And because we talked about the 2016 student of Prague, that is episode 18. So go listen to them um, and let us know what you think about this appeal. What if someone appeals an appeal?
1: Well, you know. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Exactly, yeah. I mean, eventually it's got to hit the, like, Supreme Court, you know, where there's, like, no <laughs> further appeals uh, after a certain point, right? Sure, so. sure.
0: Um, if you would like to see this list, you can go to our website, screamscenepodcast.tumblr.com. There you'll find the full list, um, as well as links to Every episode we've done thus far and the appeals box, which I said at the top of the show is where you can submit appeals or comments or suggestions
1: till next time. Uh, thank you to Huberk uh, for, uh, (laughs) sending in this appeal. Thank you so much for sending this appeal. We really appreciate hearing from, our audience.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to continue to support the show, make sure to subscribe um, to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google play. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore scream scene. And you can also check out our Patreon at patreon.com/screamscenepodcast. slash scene podcast.
1: All right. Well, uh, that ends this special appeals episode and, uh, our next episode will just be a regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Bye. Bye. (laughs)